You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, Episode 71. Our host, Brian, talked with Ken Skistimus, Director of User Experience at GE Digital. With previous experience at Salesforce and a family background in illustration, Ken has been in and around design all his life. He shared how his small team works on a wide gamut of project sizes and types. Ken also emphasized the value in leaving things a little raw when suggesting new products and how it allows customers to interact more honestly with the prototypes. Hey everyone, I'm Victory Clafter, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation. We here at Econic and the IO Innovation Podcast want to welcome all of our new listeners and thank our previous listeners for tuning in again. If you want to find out more about what we do and why we're here, visit insideoutside.io or econic.co. Chat with us on Twitter at the IO Podcast. Now, let's get started. So talk to us a little bit about like how you've seen the, the world of UX and design change and how that's affected the pace of innovation within an enterprise. Sure. So, I mean, you know, if you go back a few years, you know, looking back to kind of when I started, you know, user experience wasn't really deemed user experience yet. And, you know, you were, I think my first title was web designer. You know, and, and at that point, you were probably getting your wireframes from an information architect and, you know, it was sort of, you know, you had the stuff kind of thrown on your desk and it was more of a make it pretty job. But over the years, I've seen that as user experience rose up and the connection to the customer has gotten more important. So that instead of looking at one page, you're looking at a flow or a workflow or now a product suite and being brought in earlier in the conversation, you know, that's something that's uh, over the years, like little by little, you've seen that happen uh, more often to be brought into the conversation with the customer earlier and about, you know, business goals you're trying to accomplish and how UX can get you there. Definitely a two-way street. And I'd say the one, the one thing that's remained consistent throughout all the years is you've got to be collaborative and there's got to be a lot of communication, you know, and that doesn't take any technology to do. It just takes getting up out of your chair and, and going and talking to some folks or reaching out. That's so important. So, so maybe talk a little bit about your team over the last couple engagements that you've had and, and kind of what have you learned of what's working or what's not working in the world of UX and, and how are you applying that to new uh, product development? Sure. So I head up the uh, Predix design system UI team at, at GE. For those people not familiar, Predix is a, a cloud-based Internet of Things platform. And basically what it allows you to do is monitor and log data from industrial machines, like a wind farm or a jet engine or like a turbine in a power plant. And my team builds kind of all the, the UI primitives so that would allow you to assemble an application based on, based on Predix. So what we have to do is, it's interesting about a design system is you're working across a lot of businesses. So uh, as opposed to one product, which is, you know, largely at Salesforce, I focused on sales cloud. Uh, eventually, you know, I contributed a lot to the design system there, but at, at GE, it's very different. It's a much bigger company and we're working across as a design system. We have to support use cases from aviation, you know, and, and power or uh, transportation. So that's where that kind of communication comes in as important. And I really see my team as a hub to kind of connect folks and, and facilitate communication, both, you know, at a, at a use case level for what folks are trying to do with the apps. You know, hey, by the way, you know, when you're trying to schedule trains going out or you're trying to do your rounds in the yard, it's actually the same thing as, you know, this other team over here is doing when they're out in the field. So let's get together and talk about that. But also like on a, at a business level, right? So we get that sort of high level visibility into what each team is trying to do you know, with their business goals. So we can communicate that too. So we have a lot of tools to, you know, kind of at our disposal to make that happen. Some of it's as simple as, you know, office hours twice a week, right? Where people can call in. We use Slack a lot to keep an open dialogue and should note that this is also not 
just the United States, right? We have teams, you know, across the world. We're global now, so Australia and China and India. So you got to keep that door open to keep the conversation going. So tell me a little bit about how important. the team works. So it sounds like it's it's kind of vertical yep. in nature from the standpoint of your working cross industries. Got to serve a lot of different masters at different times. How how big is the right. team, and and how do you actually go about kind of tackling a big problem like, hey, we've got uh, we've got to talk to this new wind farm. How do we do it? Yeah, it's our, our team itself is is pretty small. You know, I have four designers dedicated to the design system, um, and then we you know probably have you know, eight developers that build the components and sort of stuff. So we really have to be mindful about how we scale mm -hmm. the stuff. A lot of times what we'll do is say someone comes in with a new requirement. Hey, we wish the design system did this. So we'll just, you know, make the call. It goes back to the communication again, gathering up the kind of representatives from the various business units and getting everybody together. You know, GE is kind of famous for implementing, you know, some of the lean startup mentality in terms of fast works and that sort of stuff. So we, we adopt that, you know, we'll do, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we call it here a workout, right? Where you get together with the customer for a few days and, and try to work out the problem in use cases. So we do that in the design system team across all the businesses. So we'll gather everybody together and, you know, a lot of times it'll be a short few-hour workshop or um, I did a series of them earlier in the year, just about different topics over the course of a few weeks. And that was pretty valuable. But the second part of that is you have to communicate that stuff out. So if we took that in and we took everybody's time, right, they have to see value in that too. And it also facilitates that communication. So keeping your documentation up on what happened and what you're doing uh, in a public place that's easy to broadcast out is just as important as getting everybody together and found that pretty successful. Yeah, it's, it sounds interesting. You know, a lot of corporations seem to kind of go into their hole and, and make feature requests and, and build it out and then go out to the customers and see if it's accurate versus it sounds like you bring mm -hmm. in the customer fairly early in the process uh, and almost have them dictate what are the feature sets or, or, or things that need to be built and then iterate from there. So talk a little bit about like, how, how do you, you know, obviously GE is a massive company and they've got customers from all different segments and things along those lines, but how do you actually identify particular customers to, to be involved in that process? And, and what's that process kind of look like as a, as a customer advocate? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of our customers are for the design system team internal, so to speak. So, you know, it's GE power or GE aviation, right? However, we also connect with the sales team too. So we're, we're getting that other information from our customers out there actually like on the front, right? Interacting what they need to close the deal. So we have kind of all these different avenues and you start to pick up on the signals across that. If you hear the same thing from a lot of different places, you know, you realize that's important. The other thing is like, where's the biggest interest in terms of a business right now? And where are the biggest deals happening? You know, where are the most impactful customers? So we'll tend to turn our energy towards those. Uh, not necessarily discounting the other ones, because usually what you hear from that big customer is very similar to what the other folks are asking for, but there's a lot of prioritization that has to go on there too. So we work pretty closely with the teams, prioritizing correctly. So it's kind of a cross between some, like trying to find those early adopters that can help the ones that are having the bigger pain points that uh, you talk with first, then try to figure out if it's uh, if it matches across some of the more common set of customers that you have. Yeah, and usually it will. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I think when we you know got everybody together earlier in the year, uh, I think a common theme I heard was like, well, you know, we have our own our own business. How could we there possibly be any similarities here? And and after I finished that series of workshops, everybody was like, wow, we're actually more alike than I expected. So that was pretty gratifying. Uh, but again, it just goes to kind of like, hey, here's what we found here, or you know, reporting back what you're hearing from folks, and then connecting the dots. So that, that's awesome. So talk a little bit about how the process, once you kind of understand some of the, the scope that you're trying to do, how fast do you iterate? What, what's the process of actually getting 
stuff out into the marketplace or, or what's the process of building out something? I, I know you've written a great piece uh, on the web when you were with Salesforce talking about the power of sketching and that. So maybe talk through a little bit like the tools you use and how do you actually go from a sketch to, to something that uh, the customer can use, touch, feel in the, in the real world? Yeah, I'm a big fan of iterating you know, rough and, and fast, getting those ideas out there and putting it in front of folks. And anybody can do that too. Uh, one of my favorite things is to is to put a pen in the hand of you know an executive, and for a minute they're like, "Well, I can't draw." And I say, "Well, it doesn't matter. What's in your head? Let's get this out and let's validate this." And then you know, all of a sudden you put the stuff up on the wall, and everybody's stuff looks awful. But it's all early stage ideas, so it's reflective of that. And then the, the ideas and the level and the playing field is level, so uh, you have a good conversation around that. So you start there, and you know, there's a bunch of different methods we use. If you have everybody in the room, you can you know talk about it, or you can dot vote, or you know, things start to bubble up a little bit. That's, oh, that's interesting. Or that applies to my area too. Like, let's dig into that and generally take that and I transition into some wireframes or you, you identify, you know, you write down the workflow. That's pretty huge. A lot of people kind of overlook that. It's like, what's the end to end workflow here? And what are the goals the users trying to accomplish? And that'll manifest itself in a, you know, a series of wireframes or, or maybe even a storyboard. We've been doing a lot of storyboards lately where you back out and you're not even, you know, the interface is secondary. It's like, what is the user trying to accomplish? And, you know, it's even in a cartoony fashion. Um, and those work pretty well too, before you even get into kind of the nuts and bolts of what's this thing going to look like. You know, that talking about the the rawness of, you know, sketches and that, I, I find a lot of times uh, corporations that, you know, they're almost afraid to get that rawness out into the real world because, you know, again, they've got brand to live up to and expectations and they feel a lot of pressure around that. But it seems like a lot of customers respond to that raw new stuff differently than they would a pixel perfect version that you've spent a lot more time and effort on. You know, it almost like customers kind of sometimes critique the, the design and the, the prettiness of it versus like what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, it's not just customers, it's internally too, right? So yeah. if you show up to a review with, you know, when you're product leaders or something like that, and you have a really early stage idea, but it looks really polished, you know, everybody's going to jump in and argue about what color blue you know, the button should be, <laughs> as opposed to really vetting the, the idea, you know, behind it. Now, it's interesting talking about how customers respond to the rawness. It's because you're bringing them into the process. You know, if you should bring them something that looks finished, you know, they're probably going to pull back a little bit. And, you know, when you're doing research, they you worry about hurting your feelings, you know, so you always, when you go into a research, you're like, I didn't do anything, you know, I don't have any commitment to this. Give me your honest feedback. But if it looks polished, people assume there's a lot of work into it, right? So if you bring something more raw as a sketch or otherwise, the door's open for feedback, you know, and then the other person can pick up a pen and, you know, mark it up or correct it. It's pretty clear. I would say there's a, there's a bigger advantage to bringing stuff more raw to customers. And we did, even back at Salesforce, we did research sessions with just sketches and customers. You know, it was really interesting, different type of conversation. So talk a little bit about your, your team from the standpoint of like, how do you get folks thinking, uh, you know, next level innovation, thinking outside the box, so to speak? Is that just part of the nature of people gravitating to that uh, line of work? Or are there particular things you, you can use, techniques, et cetera, that, you know, like you mentioned, bringing in management and, and that, how do you get those folks to kind of grasp this iterative, messy, more likely to fail kind of process uh, than the, the traditional way of thinking about building product? Yeah, well, I think there's a freedom that comes with kind of backing out. You know, it's how you how you set the context of the conversation too. Like if we're, if we're working on something new, I'll make, make it clear. Like, you know, we're going to do a session here. We're going to talk about this. We have no plans to implement any of this right now. You know, it's purely ideation. And usually that sets the tone pretty well the conversation and gets them to step back from kind of the day-to-day -day of what's my roadmap look like what am i shipping how am i going to get this out the door 
And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see people, you know, their demeanor changes when you do that too. It's like, oh, I have some freedom to play with this. And I had, it's interesting as we've been doing a lot of work in a design system, I had a, I had a colleague reach out, you know, and kind of explain like it really felt from the day to day backing up. She's like, I really feel like a, like an honest to goodness designer again, you know, and <laughs> I thought that was really gratifying. So you just get out, you know, get to back out and there's some freedom there to kind of, you know, explore what's in your head and, and talk about with other people. But that, that setting, setting the, the tone at the beginning and putting some, putting some rails on it is really important. Yeah, it's almost like a different set of permissions you're, you're giving them uh, yeah. for that particular process. That's awesome. Anything else? Any final comments that you'd like to leave to our audience about different things they should uh, be aware of in this particular space? Grab your designers early and often. You know, make it a tight collaboration between product design, engineering, and sales, uh, and you'll be surprised what comes out of it. You're going to see some magic. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Ken for speaking with us. If you've got a topic or area you'd like us to cover, reach out and let us know. We'd be more than happy to answer your questions and get other experts like Ken onto the show to share their insights. Until next time, go out and innovate.